listen, man, we thankful to have everybody jump on the call tonight. We know a couple uh, more people will get on. Uh, for everybody's listening in, welcome to Fourth and Gold Ministries. Uh, tonight, we're going to have our brother, Melvin Knight, lead us in a devotional. And I think we're going to try to go into a, a series this month, and he'll start to explain that as we go. But as we said, man, thank you guys for coming on. Um, we'll be about 20 minutes. Hopefully, you can listen in. And our goal is to plant a seed or some type of encouragement to get to next week. Simple as that, man. So with no further ado, I'll say a prayer. And Petey, you can take it whenever you want, man. Sound good? Yeah, that's cool. Good. Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for another night and another opportunity to come before you, Father God, just to give you praise. We pray right now that you'll speak to our brother Melvin and just give him the words to say, Father. Let the words come directly from heaven just to speak in our hearts and to resonate in our spirits, to change, to be motivated, to be better, to understand your word better, or to understand our position and our purpose here in life. We want encouragement and we desire to be closer to you. So speak to our brother, open our hearts to receive whatever it is you want us to hear tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So um, tonight is the beginning of what's really going to be a three-part series. So just to give you give you guys a little bit of background about this, I was listening to a podcast, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the guy or not. His name is Todd Durkin. He's trained Ladanian Tomlinson. He's trained Drew Brees. He's trained all these great athletes. And at the end of his podcast, what he did, he was talking to these high school kids and he was just breaking down what he called, you know, mind, body and soul when he gave a 30 day challenge. And after I heard it, I immediately hit Brent up and I was like, man, we got to do this. We got to present this to the guys. So this is going to be a three part series. And at the end of it, I'll go over the challenge. It's a 30 day challenge. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing outrageous, but it's just something I think um, we all should do over the next 30 days to reflect and look within ourselves at our spirit, our soul, and our body, um, how we're caring for those things and how we're using those things to glorify Christ. Amen. Absolutely. So I'll be honest with you. I never really thought of, man, us being a three-part being. But when I got into this and when I started studying, I was like, wow, we really are three-part beings. It's, it's really just really fascinating and phenomenal what God did. And when you read the Bible, I have read this verse or we've heard it so many times. I'm sure you have Christians growing up in the church, but I never even really knew that this verse was broken down into three parts. And as I was reading it last night and studying it, I really started to almost just have, and this is kind of just, I don't want to say it's definitely not sacrilegious or anything like that, but almost like an out of body experience. I could almost feel God forming me, man. I could almost feel him breathing life into me. It was just really amazing. Sure. Um, so with that being said, I'm just going to read Genesis 2, 7. I'm not going to go through all parts because I don't want to steal TK's thunder or Brent's thunder, but I do want to go over how this verse is breaking down the body, um, the spirit and the soul. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That's the physical body. So we form man of the dust of the ground. And you can just really feel it, man. If you could just take your, your mind right now to that place, man, of God formed us from the dust of the ground. And he breathed life into his nostrils. That's a spirit. And he became a living soul. The Hebrew word for life is neshama. Uh, Proverbs 20, chapter 27 says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord searching all inward parts of the belly. So if we know the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. 
we can infer that the that the Holy Spirit and what he breathed life into us is in us. So that's just so powerful, man, knowing that God breathed life into us and his Holy Spirit is within us. And using that verse as confirmation and it's more confirmations of the spirit throughout the Bible and that we are three part beings. And I'll get to that here later. But just to see more confirmation from somebody saying it. And this was written in Proverbs. So this wasn't coming from God or Jesus himself. This is from somebody else that confirmed it. So as Christians, we should walk high knowing that, you know, he lives within us and he's he's a living within us. He's not a mist. He's not you know, he's a real person living within us and living inside us. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming at the coming of the Lord. Uh, this verse right here is another confirmation just that we're made of three parts. And I had never seen this verse in the Bible and I've been in the church my whole life. And I had never seen another verse with confirmation that were made of, of three of three parts. But what really is so awesome and so so amazing about this verse is that. Once you're made whole in spirit, once you're actually sacked, once you're actually giving your life to Christ, because that's what he had to do. He had to come down here and he had to die so that we could be made whole in spirit, soul and body, that we could be preserved, blameless at the coming of the Lord. Mainly, meaning at the coming of the Lord, when he comes again, when we we before his throne, we saying, hey, we'll say, well done, thy faithful servant. And I thought that's really awesome. Just looking at this verse, knowing that we'll be preserved forever for eternal life because we've given our life to him. I want to hear those words, Pete. I'm probably going to just pause right here for a little bit. I know I'm going fast and I'm talking fast, but this part of this lesson, when I talk about the Holy Spirit and when I talk about what it means to me is, is really special to me as I've gone through this and I've started to stu study the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest, what I'm doing tonight, speaking about this in a 15 minute, 30 minute time block or whatever it is, doesn't do this justice. I, I encourage all y'all to go out and really read and get into the Holy Spirit and what it means for the Holy Spirit to dwell within you. I promise you it will just change your life um, as a Christian. I promise you it will if you haven't done that. So, but the Holy Spirit really reveals something to me uh, like he's never really revealed it to me when we talk about the Holy Spirit and we talk about the spirit living within us. Ephesians chapter four says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. So basically the Holy Spirit, it can't be around crazy talk. It can't be around bitterness. It can't be around anger. It can't be around those type of things. The Holy Spirit will get up and leave you. It'll get up and get away from you. You ever seen somebody that claims they're a Christian or claims they really know God, but they're acting a certain way? Well, that's because the Holy Spirit can't dwell within that person. The Holy Spirit can't be in that person's mind. They can't be in that person's body. So do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I, I, I encourage you guys talk, really talk, Petey really, really get into what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit of God, it's not some myth. It's not something that's fake. It's it, it's real. He's a person. And we're not supposed to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what separates the righteous from the unrighteous. If you're righteous, righteous is the state of being. You're not grieving the Holy Spirit of God. If you're grieving the Holy Spirit of God and you're doing all these things that are 
unlike him, that are unbecoming of him. He's not going to sit with you. He's not going to be there with your family. Yes, you can pray to him. Yes, he does hear you. Yes, he's going to continue to provide for you. He's going to continue to show you his grace, but the Holy Spirit is not going to dwell within you. And that should be our goals as Christians, that the Holy Spirit should dwell within us. We want the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. We want people, when they see us, to see something different about us. Be like, hey, man, there's something different about that guy. And we've all seen different people when they talk and when they walk. And when you see them, they don't even have to say anything. You can almost just feel it. You can say, man, there's something different about this person. This person really has the anointing of God on him. You can see it with certain athletes. When they talk on TV, you'll say, man, the Holy Spirit, man, is within that person. So, I encourage us all, man, to to look within ourselves, how we're walking, how we're talking, how we're acting to make sure that we're trying to walk in a state of righteousness, a state of being so that the Holy Spirit can dwell within us. It'll dwell within our families, our minds and our hearts. We don't want that Holy Spirit to get away from us because if that Holy Spirit gets away from us. Anything can happen. It's a crazy world we live in. And, and the devil is real, too. The devil will capitalize when he knows the Holy Spirit is not within a person. Mm-hmm. But That's this is right. so awesome. Well, right here, man, when palms, man, just, just this confirmation that the presence of the Lord is the fullness of God. That will show me the path of life and the presence and the fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So I know if the Holy Spirit is within me, at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There are pleasures forevermore, meaning this eternal life. I meaning if the Holy Spirit is in me and the Holy Spirit, if I sit at his right hand, at the right hand, at the throne of God, at the throne of grace, when it's all said and done, there are pleasures forevermore. There are many, Amen. there are many rooms, there are many mansions in his kingdom, man. That's just so awesome knowing that the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I've accepted him as my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ, and I'm walking and doing the things that he's told me to do. And I'm living in a manner where the Holy Spirit is dwelling within me at the right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. That's just so comforting to know that there are there are pleasures forevermore. That it's something bigger than this world it's eternally. And I know this may be crazy, a crazy comment, but I was watching Mike Tyson on a podcast and they were asking them to give advice. And it was uh, not a podcast. It was a YouTube video. But that's neither here nor there. And they said, what, what, what's one advice you could give, Mike? Um, he said, man, there's something bigger than this. he said. Life is the willingness to die. And he's like, what does that mean? He said, it's something bigger than this world, meaning that it, it's something out. It's something bigger than this world. It's something that out there that we haven't even seen yet. And we're going to be there for eternity one day. That is, at that right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So when I read that, it's just so comforting knowing that his Holy Spirit, and if we dwell in his spirit, we dwell in his presence. So it's most so important mm-hmm. that we dwell in his presence. So if we're dwelling in his spirit, we're dwelling in his presence. Amen. So what does that all mean? What does that all mean to us? as Christians in terms of like, well, you probably ask, how does the spirit, how does it function, right? How does the spirit function? Well, it functions in, in three ways, right? So the spirit allows us to receive God. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 says, I will also give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. The Holy Spirit gives us a new heart. We're renewed beings. Once we've made a decision to accept God as our personal savior, we have a renewed heart. We're, we're renewed beings. We have a renewed heart and a renewed spirit. But what, what does that mean? What does that really mean to have a renewed heart? It allows us to, to love, to love like no other. Brinks talked about agape love and the different forms of love. 
before that allows us to exhibit those different forms of love. We can't do that without receiving the Holy Spirit, without receiving that function. Mm -hmm. But also more than anything, one of the most important things it allows us to do, it allows us to commune and fellowship with God. I just said if we're not walking with God, if we're walking in a state of anger, bitterness, wrath, and those things, we can't commune with God. We can't have fellowship with him. Right? Talk to him. We can't hear him. He can't sit with us. He can't dwell in our hearts. But that's what the Holy Spirit allows us to do. It allows us to receive him. It allows us to commune with him. It allows us to talk with him. It allows us to go to him in times of need. It allows us to go to him and ask him for things. It allows us to hear him on our on our way to work, on, when we're walking by ourselves, when we're going through things, when we're in the hospital, when we're, when we're down and out. It allows us to commune with him. You can go to him and you can almost feel him, man. And it and if you ever got down on your knees, if you ever prayed and you can really hear God talking to you, that's the Holy Spirit. That's a real person talking to you. The Holy Spirit talking to you. The only reason you can do that, the only reason you can do that is because that you announced him as your personal savior. And he's allowing us to do that. He's allowing us, to, he allows us to receive him. He allows us to commune with him. Amen. The second function is it allows us to contact God. God, John chapter 4, verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truthfulness. Worship and prayer, man. Worship and prayer is everything. When I go to church, man, and when sometime in church, when, when, that, when that song comes on that we all like, or whether you're in your car and you hear something, and we just go to God, and we just close our eyes, man, just to have contact with him on this earth, you can't even describe it with words. You, you can't describe it with words. And if I did have to write words right now, for some reason, my vernacular is, is escaping me. But if I did have to write words, I couldn't even describe it. But we all know what that feeling is. When you, preach yes, out, sir. And, and you, you can almost just touch him, whether the preacher's mm -hmm. preaching or the choir singing. And we just lift your hands to the sky. Um, it's a song that we used to sing when I was little. And man, it, it really takes me to a place where I just feel like I'm almost touching him. I'm really in contact with him. And it goes, you guys have probably all heard it. Lord, I lift your name on high. I love to sing your praises. Yes. That song does something to me every single time. I feel like I'm right there at the throne of God, man. And oh, I can man. just feel his presence, man. And, and, and in that moment, I feel his grace. So when we talk about the spirit and we talk about the function of the spirit, man, it allows us to have contact with him. It allows us to, to worship him and praise him. So I, I, I encourage you guys to make sure that we're staying in contact with him through worship and prayer, man. And one of the last things that allows us to do it, I put it, it it's three things, but the function of the of, of spirit can't be contained by just, by just three aspects. It allows us to contain God. I am divine. Ye are the branches, he abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Amen. <clears throat> Knowing the spirit and having the spirit within us, we're able to eventually bear fruit. Bear fruits. We all know what the fruits of the spirit are, but without the spirit, we'll never bear those fruits. We'll never bear a spirit of love, a spirit of kindness, a spirit of unselfishness, a spirit of selflessness. We'll never bear those things without the spirit dwelling within us. You'll never exhibit those. No one will ever say, hey, man, this guy is different. This person 
carries his family like this. This person has a spirit of selflessness. This person is unselfish. You'll never bear those things if the spirit of God doesn't dwell within you. If you're not containing God, you'll never have those things. That's what John in this verse, um, that, that's what that's what that's about right there. I want to end it, and I feel like I went kind of fast, but I want to end it with this, uh, the promise of the Spirit. The promise of the Spirit, and this is from, for context here, this is from John. This is um, Jesus' last talk with his disciples before he was about to leave. He knew, he knew that his death was upon him. He knew that... Um, he was going to be crucified. He knew that his last days were upon him. And when I think about this, my mind goes to a place where you in kindergarten or you're a little kid and somebody you really love, your parent dropping you off, but you're not going to see them anymore, but they're going to be with you. And they're telling you they're going to be. That's the only thing I can really think of. But I know the magnitude was, was much bigger than this. But I just think about these disciples in this moment, knowing that Jesus is about to leave them. And at this point, they're scared. So there's some fear in their heart. But he gives them some reassurance. And this is so great because not only did he give the reassurance to them, but he gave the reassurance to us because he captured it in God's word. And if we have this reassurance and we know that he's with us, nothing can stop us from more than conquerors. But I'm going to read it. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Another comforter, another comforter, which he's references is the Holy Spirit, which I've already, already talked about and we talked about this evening. And he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. Man, that's so comforting knowing that he will yes, abide is, forever. He didn't say just on earth. He didn't say just on earth in this, in this verse. Remember that this is Jesus talking. He didn't say just on earth. He said with you forever. That means once we leave this earth in eternal life, on, he with us forever. He gave yes, some Lord. further, when I say he, I don't need to say he, I need to say Jesus. Jesus gave some further reassurances of this when he was talking to his disciples later on in four, chapter 20, um, 14 and verse 26. But the comforter, again, the comforter, and he goes ahead and defines it as well, which is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He goes ahead and defines it just in case his disciples didn't know, just in case they had questions because they had some questions because they were all looking at him all wide eyed and bushy tail, like, hey, Jesus, what's up, man? You about to leave us, you about to leave us dog. We've been riding with you. Now you're going to leave us. He said, hey, I'm going to leave you some. I'm going to leave you somebody. It's going to be hard. It's going to be real. It's going to be tough times. But guess what? I got something for you. I got something for you that's greater yes. than anything in this world that's going to be with, with you, yes. but yes. which is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father yes. will send in my name, uh -huh. he shall teach you all things. God teaches us all things, right from yeah. wrong, evil from good. He teaches us all things. We have nothing to worry about. And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever I said unto you, whatever I said unto you, the Holy Spirit will allow us to understand things and commune with God because he is the comforter. He said, and bring all things to your remembrance. Your remembrance is your knowledge. He'll bring things to your knowledge and help you understand things that you don't even know that you could understand. So a lot of times we open up our Bibles. We really sometimes can't understand it. But the Holy Spirit, what's so great about him is he'll 
bring that to us when he wants us to understand it. Sometimes we try to read things. We try to figure out things at that particular time. The Holy Spirit might not want you to understand it. He might not want you to see what that is. People try to figure out way too much stuff on their own. But because we have a comforter, we know the Holy Spirit and we know he's the truth. And if we abide in the truth and we abide in the spirit, we know that all these things are true. We know that he in his time will show us the way, the truth and the light, the only way that he knows how. But we have to make sure that we just abide in this truth, man. He's a comforter. There's nothing he can't do, man, in his awesomeness. And I just want us to know, man, at night that, that Jesus is the comforter, man, and he's with us. The Holy Spirit abides in us. We need to abide in the spirit and abide in the truth. Um, and that's pretty much it for the lesson, man, tonight. And I know it was maybe short. I maybe went through this kind of fast. But with that being said, man, um, this 15 to 20 minute, it doesn't really do the, the lesson of the Holy Spirit um, justice. I encourage you all to, to go out. And, uh, and on your own time, man, read and really dive into the Holy Spirit and really know what it means to have the Holy Spirit um, abide in you um, and what it means to um, be walking in the Holy Spirit and living in the Holy Spirit and uh, exhibiting uh, the Holy Spirit, man. Amen. Amen. But let me let me do this before we finish. So um, over the next course of the next 30 days. If you guys want to be a part of this, you can. If you don't, you don't. Or you can make up your own challenge. Um, it don't make a difference to me. We're not really taking a toll or a tally. But so we just came up with this 30-day challenge of a reflection of how we can basically improve those three aspects of our, ourselves, working on all three aspects, right, our body, our spirit, and soul, and how we can get better at glorifying God through those three aspects, right? Because they all work in conjunction together. Uh, none of them are working um, um, by themselves solo. It all works in unison. So this is what I came up with, and I'll read it off to you. And if you guys want to have some accountability, you guys can pop in a group chat and say, hey, man, I did one through four. Hey, man, I did uh, both of the spirit things today. So I'll read it off here, man. Uh, for the body get eight hours of sleep right our body is the temple drink eight glasses of water 50 squats 50 push-ups body weight a 15 minute walk walk or do 15 minutes of cardio so just making sure that we we mindful of our bodies our bodies are our temple it's a living soul right it's a physical living soul once you look at it from that aspect that our body is a physical living soul you begin to look at things a little bit differently and realize that you should actually be taking this body and living it um, and presented as a living sacrifice to God. Oftentimes we don't do that. We abuse our bodies, whether it be through alcohol, um, smoking cigarettes or whatever. We have to remember, remember that our body is a living sacrifice, um, holy and pleasing to them spirit. Um, I say, um, you know, read it, read a book in 30 days, man. I encourage y'all, if y'all can read a book, uh, read a chapter of the Bible um, for 30 days, um, go for it, man. Really work on your spirit, man. Try to commune with God. Um, through, through the next 30 days, uh, you know, a book, um, a Christian book that you can read, or if you can just read a chapter of the Bible each day over the next 30 days. Um, the next one is write down three things you're thankful for every day when you wake up. I don't know if you guys are um, familiar with um, story, Tim Tebow. He told, told a story a couple years ago that a neuroscientist, he did uh, basically um, 
a study and he had these people for 30 days. They wrote down three things they were thankful for for 30 days. And they began to almost have like a, a psychological renewal for 30 days, man. Like their mind changed, their heart changed. It was a difference when they brought it back after 30 days. So just start there, man. Write down three things each morning that you're thankful for for the next 30 days, man. That I know we all got three things we're thankful for that we can think of that God has, has given us, man, that he's blessed us with because uh, I, I don't think we can put a, a quantitative number on what he's done for us, man. So over the next 30 days, I encourage you guys, if you can, each morning, then have to be in the morning. It can be before you go to bed. It can be while you're in the work. Just write down three things, man. Three things you're thankful for, man. Just have a, a, a bit of self-reflection and say, man, Jesus, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for your mercy. I'm thankful for your grace. You know, I'm thankful for my family, right? Um, and then the last, you know, soul, man. Pray for someone once a week over the next 30 days. Somebody you don't know, you know, pray pray for somebody in your family. Call your sister, call your brother, son. You haven't talked to what talked in a while, you know, pray for them for the next, over the next 30 days, for someone once a week over the next 30 days. It can be someone in this group. It can be somebody outside of this group. Send them a text. The, the prayer can be through text message. The prayer can be through a phone call, however you want to do it. But I encourage you, man, to, to work on your soul, man. Try to bring somebody to Christ over the next 30 days. Just, just pray for somebody. You'd be surprised uh, what that can do. You don't know exactly what everybody's going through, but somebody might be going through something uh, that you don't even know. Um, and they might not express it to you. Um, because we all live life and express things different and kind of march to the beat uh, of our own jump, man. So mm -hmm. uh, this one for me is easy for me. Only listen to worship music. I know it may be hard for some people, but over the next 30 days, block out things that are um, that could be deemed unholy. We have to control our inputs and our outputs. I just talked about it in Ephesians with that verse says, take away all bitterness, angerness, wrath. It's a lot of wrath and a lot of music. That's unbecoming. That is not like the Lord. And the Bible clearly says it very clearly. I, I, I Holy Spirit can't dwell with you. It can't. It can't be in you if you listen to certain type of music, certain type of things, and make it you hyped up right. and make you crunk. But I, I encourage you to find a different way to get hyped up, a different way to get crunk when you're working out, whether it be through an instrumental, or whether it be through maybe no music at all. Whatever, wherever you need to start. Every I man, everybody's race is different, right? But for me, I'm at a point where I kind of got over having to listen to a lot of hardcore rap because I was deep down in it. I was listening to some very, very hard stuff for a while. And that was one of the biggest um, kind of monumental moments in my walk with God is is turning the needle and starting to listen to only only worship music. And it's really, uh, really renewed my mind. I, I put it in soul, but it's, it's, it's really renewed my mind and my spirit. So I encourage you, if you can, man, start off with. Um, at least on your way to work, man, only listen to worship music. Now, when I'm on my way to work, man, I got the worship music blasting, man. You know, I'm unafraid. Oh, <laughs> I don't care what people say about me. I don't care if people are looking at me uh, weird or what have you, right? I got the, right. the worship music blasting. I had um, Good Father pumping this morning. I don't know if y'all familiar with Good Father, but so many yes, people, people sing that song. Chris Tomlin started it. And now everybody's put a, put, a, put a different spin on it. And that, that's my jam, man. So only listen to worship music um, for the next 30 days if you can. So you can really take your plate, take your mind um, to a place where um, it's only on him, right? Um, and third, man, I encourage us, man, to spend quiet time with God at least three days a week. And I'm being lenient when I say three days a week uh, because we should be trying to spend quiet time with God every single day, man. And in your quiet time, what I encourage you to do 
is oftentimes in our quiet time with God, what we're doing is we're asking God, we're asking God, we're asking God. And your quiet time with God, step back and just talk to him and meditate on his word and try to receive his word and just and just meditate on what he wants you to hear. Don't say nothing. Just listen. Oftentimes we are always just trying to ask, 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 but we're not actually listening to God. So step back in your quiet time and listen to God. So when Paul wrote a lot of his words and a lot of his teachings, his letters, he was locked up. He didn't, he didn't even have a book. He didn't have anything to read. He was writing letters. He had nothing to read, but he was able to write that because he was listening to God. He was alone with God and he was listening to him. And he was meditating on the word. That was the only reason that he was able to do that. And if you look throughout the Bible, throughout some of the greatest writings that were written by people in the Bible, they were written when people were just spending time with God, when they were alone with him, when they were just listening to him. And when you think about Paul, you think about the books he wrote and the great verses that he wrote, that wouldn't have came without him spending deep, deep, deep time with God and just meditating with God and taking his mind, his heart to a place that he couldn't take himself. Only Jesus can take us to that place, but we can't do that if we don't spend quiet time with him. So, man, I encourage us to, to spend quiet time with God for at least, I don't want to put a number on it and put a time box on it. That's up to you. But if you can do that, and I'm saying three days a week to be lenient, I promise you, you'll begin to see a renewing of your spirit, a renewing of your mind, a renewing of your soul. I have it categorized, but really there's no category on it, man, for you to spend time with God, spend that quiet time with God. And especially as, as leaders, man, and in this working world and in this place of that a lot of people don't believe in what we believe in, you're going out into a world where you're going to have to have some self-discipline. You want to be able to deal with these certain things that you deal with in life. You can't do them if you don't have a verse you can call on, if you don't have God's word close to your heart, close to your mind, because there's definitely times where we're tried um, in all types of situations, all types of temptations and through through anger, through lust, through drugs, through all these things. The devil has all these different mechanisms to get get at us. And if we don't have his word close to our heart, he's definitely going to find a way to attack and get in there, man. So I encourage you to spend that quiet time with God daily. So. That right there is the challenge. Um, this is the first night of the three-part series, Spirit, Soul, Spirit, Body, Soul. I hope you guys got something out of this tonight. And like I said, and I'll say it probably a thousand and one times, man, that whatever I said tonight cannot do um, the Holy Spirit justice, man. I mean, you can do a year on just studying the Holy Spirit, but I just yeah. want us a glimpse into um, what it means to have the Holy Spirit dwell dwell within us and how powerful the Holy Spirit really is, man, that he's a comforter. Um, he's with us at our most, um, you know, desolate times, man. He is our comforter. He's with us now, henceforth and forevermore. And I want us to remember that. Um, that being said, that's it. Let's go to the cross. Um, dear Heavenly Father, uh, we're thankful for you allowing us to um, learn um, from you tonight. We're thankful for uh, what you revealed to us tonight in your scripture and your word, God. Uh, we're thankful for you uh, opening up our hearts, opening up our minds, God, and just allowing us to just continue to learn, God, continue to grow in your word, Jesus. 
Uh, we pray, God, you just touch everyone that was on this call tonight. We pray for those chicks prayers that are both um, spoken and unspoken. Um, and we're so thankful. We're so thankful for your grace. Um, we're so thankful that we have everlasting life, Jesus. Um, we pray that you just continue to put your hand of protection on us, God, um, so that one day, God, we'll stand before you and you'll say, well done, our, our faithful servant. Um, we ask all these yes, things Lord. in your precious name we pray. Amen.